This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host... Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. How you doing today, Ron? I was just gonna keep going until uh, <clears throat> I was just gonna keep going until you, uh, you know, noticed I was being weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, at this moment, my ears are super in tune and listening to everyone. I have been, uh, I've spent about sixteen hours of the last three days singing on the risers getting ready for the International Barbershop Championships, which, by the way, take place in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this weekend I had the realization that there's a very real chance I can win a world championship in Charlotte, North Carolina, in Flair Country. So if that happens, you're going to see my dumbass running around uh, North Carolina with a gold medal wooing at people. So, Well, I hope you can cut hair with the best of them, sir. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, thanks. Yes. Thanks. Yes. No, 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 no. The singing is awesome. Uh, I have been to one of your shows during one of the Christmas times. You are uh, a former champion. Well, a current champion too, right? Yes. Technically speaking, we have not, uh, the way the chorus competition works is once you win, you have to take three years off. So, well, you had to take two years off and then the third year you can compete. Um, well, that was supposed to happen two years ago in Los Angeles, which would have been great because uh, that was like a you know home field advantage for us. Uh, but due to COVID, we are now four years since the last contest, but we have not officially been dethroned yet as kind of reigning champions. So uh, we have a chance I could be a two-time, two-time world barbershop singing champion uh, here in a few weeks. So that is wonderful. Uh, and, you know, we're coming off the heels of uh, your precious little lady being a one time 16 year old at her sweet 16 birthday party I last night. No, time I is know. stupid, isn't it? It's very stupid. It, yeah, there's there's not that many people that make me feel old, you know, re- and, and realistically, the funny thing is, like, I don't feel old like with my kids because, you know, I'm there. I'm an involved father. I'm there every day. So they don't change that much to me. But like, there's certain people like, say, uh, the the junior Kilborn lady. That's almost, you know, that's like five nine all of a sudden, and <laughs> and was wearing heels last night. And you know, other people's kids that you don't see all the time, they're the ones that make you feel old. Yeah, yeah, no, time is ridiculous, and uh, I, it's funny because I even told you in person yesterday that the first person I saw coming to the party was your daughter taking her little photo shoot. And my yeah. goodness, she looks stunning. And I was just like, if you can just cease growing up, that would be great for me and all parties involved. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a bit annoying. But yes, the sweet 16, uh, my my oldest daughter. So I'm uh, officially starting to feel my age. 
Um, although I will say these uh, three-day course retreat weekends are super invigorating. And even though my feet are just screaming at me and my back is a little bit on the uh, tight side, I just, I at the end of these weekends, I'm just so like emotionally just lifted and fulfilled and the hard work. I mean, you, my friend, were a singer in a band. So, yeah, it, yeah well, you were. <laughs> so, so now imagine you're, you're going to try and absolutely perfect two, you know, five minute songs where you're singing the whole time and you literally spend two hours on the first two sentences of the song because every word has to be perfect and you have to find the meaning in each word and convey that to an audience because you have 15 people with pencils there ready to just mark down every bullshit thing you did or thing that took them out of the performance. So that's that's the level of scrutiny that I've been under all weekend. So I'm ready for just a little bit of fun and don't give a fuck what anyone thinks so <laughs> fantastic well i'm i am uh, just like you i am singing your praises and boy speaking of singing praises uh the subject today at hand is uh baby faces uh we we had a top 10 last month regarding the best villains of all time the top 10 heels of all time here at the creative team but today we're going to switch it up and nail down the top 10 Good guys, baby faces of all the times in our little bubble of professional wrestling. Cole, we spent a lot of time talking about our personal lives and the real world stuff. And we spent a lot of time the last few weeks talking about us. But now it's time for all of our friends to get back on the horse and let's talk about some real stars. <laughs> yes, the real stars. I will say, like, looking at our stats, the top two episodes are the interviews between each other. And that just goes to say that even our fans kind of give a shit about us. Because without us, there is no show. Without without them, there is no show. And it's nice that people kind of care about us and want to learn about, you know, us. Yeah, absolutely. The, the fastest downloaded and listened to episodes in the history of our pod, which is just phenomenal. I, I was a little concerned that, like, you know, this would be the time where people might take a couple weeks off because who gives a shit about us? But, uh... Thank you, all of our fans, for you know for caring yeah. and uh, wanting to know who the fuck we are, and and uh, it, it kind of made us, you know, it was a nice pat on our own backs, made us feel good about us that these were the fastest downloaded episodes and listened to uh, in the history of our pod so far. So I don't know if that's just because the fans are starting to get really invested in us, and so they're listening the day it comes out and not waiting, you know several days so either way big thank you to all the listeners and and fans out there and uh, we appreciate your feedback we love interacting with you on the social medias as well it's it's been fun for the last six eight weeks has really been a, an uptick in participation and and feedback so thanks a lot for that now let's completely betray your trust by giving you a subpar list <laughs> oh you know, usually our top tens, I, I this one I feel like I'm going so middle of the road, like just driving between the lanes with this list because it's it's. Um, I did scope out a few other lists because as we've talked about, uh, there have been quite a, a, a couple times where we did these lists and I went, oh fuck, how did I forget? You know, Ultimo Dragon as one of the greatest mass wrestlers of all time. So I did scope out some other lists just to make sure I didn't like. I wasn't missing like an obvious like t 
top baby face of all time. And uh, I'm very middle of the road with this, so uh, hopefully you've got some uh, curveballs for us today. Uh, no, I've been biding my time for when I get to have a little more fun on these lists. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think like the I, I you, you can't expect it. That's that's the thing. If every time we do a top ten list, and I feel like you're starting to wonder if I'm gonna be serious or not, I'm like it's not time yet. I have to make sure he's super comfortable before I start trolling these lists again. <laughs> All right, so. Do you want to go first, or would you like me to kick us off on the top ten tour? I'll go first, because this might potentially piss you off early. Um, <laughs> my number ten uh, probably won't be... I mean, it's well documented that he's not a favorite of yours. And, you know, he's not really a top tier for me either, but I think it should be known that I think for 25 years, he's had the same exact pop no matter what kind of match he has. He just has that face that thing about him the way he can sell and i i really for my money all he can do is sell for me I, I i think if he just gets in there and gets his ass kicked the whole time then he'd be just fine but i'm talking about jeff hardy jeff hardy uh just has that rock star pop always and just has that innate ability to make the audience care just the way he gets his ass kicked or just the way he does his crazy ass moves and just has no regard for himself. Um, kind of want him to wrap it up because he just looks painful to watch today. Uh, but I thought I, uh, I was being a little humble by putting him uh, number 10 on my list. Well, you are correct, sir. He will be nowhere near my top 10 list. But uh, I'm going to open up with a little bit maybe of a surprise here. I, I'm not sure. You might... You might uh think okay yeah this is a cool thing to do but um my number 10 for all the dumping on this guy that happens in the wrestling industry uh most of it warranted i still think he's a little underappreciated for how insanely over he was at one point so my number 10 baby face i'm going with the ultimate warrior huh and it's yeah, funny, I mean, the television character is a baby face, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, but I just, like, anyone that's roughly our age who, like, lived through the Ultimate Warrior existing, um, you, even to this day, if you hear that guitar riff starting, uh, you get hyped. It's so insane. Like, it's one of those, uh, you know, they, people call it the mass hypnosis that Vince McMahon is famous for, but... Like, the Ultimate Warrior is just something about him that you just believe all of his insane ramblings and that he's that intense and just, like, you believe it and you just get sucked in and don't care that it's a three-minute squash or that if it goes more than three minutes, the, the you know, the train might run off the tracks. But, uh, yeah, for my money, Ultimate Warrior, uh, yeah, he, I, guilty pleasure of mine, top ten baby face. Nice. I like how we both start with face paints and walkouts. So, um, <laughs> my number nine, uh, this is, uh, I'm pretty sure you will talk about him again. You know, I think we may have uh, seen him recently, but I'm going to go ahead just by, based on time in the business. That's why he's number nine. I'm going to go with uh, your very own Johnny Gargano. Uh, Ooh. I remember... I remember the first time I saw, like, I really watched a match of his was in the Cruiserweight Classic with Tommaso Ciampa. And this was before, like, I really, like, you know, seen him a lot around our parts. 
So like this was like my first like frame of reference was this match. And I was just like, and I'm already like an adult. I'm in like I'm like close to 30. So I'm always like loving the heels and stuff like that. And it's hard for me to really root for a baby face. But he just he's another one of those guys that just has that face and that body language that just screams root for me or root for me. I'm working hard. Like, you know, he he he's so good at working from the bottom and, and building that roller coaster. So when he finally does come back, it's just like, yes, get him. Like, I want to go full JR mode. Go for it, kid! Uh, but uh, I think he, he I think he's really cornered the art of, uh, you know, making people care. Yeah, and I was a little shocked when, when he did have the heel turn. I thought it was a, it was a nice swerve because it was really unexpected. Uh, even I, and I had no idea that uh, him and my sister would be turning heel. Um, but we're... I mean, we might talk about him later in the final 10, but he did not make my list. Uh, he's, a, he's another one of those guys. I think maybe, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road, uh, things will change and his place in the business will be a little more cemented. Um, but I think with just the NXT run that he's had, I, I don't know that he's quite made my top 10, uh, you know, all time list yet, but there's still plenty of time. And you're right, we did get to sit down and, and enjoy a conversation with about a half an hour with Johnny last night or so, um, where we were just talking about wrestling and whatnot. And, you know, no one would let us hit record, but, you know, hey, it was fun for us. So oh, yeah. uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say there is a, a, you know, there is a return to wrestling in his future at some point. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. he'll uh, Once he misses it, he'll go back. So that brings me to my number nine. Uh, and this one... I'm, you know, I'm going with the tag team because I, you know, it feels like one of these guys always gets the credit for being this, uh, and uh, but I think the package of this guy making uh, of his partner making the hot tags really solidified it. But uh, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express, my number nine babyface is of all time. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, we might as well just keep it on going because I, you know, I did not make them as a tag team. I just went with straight up Ricky Morton uh, for my number eight. Uh, so we'll just continue this in long form. Uh, I think at the end of the day, since I'll count this as a match, we'll just go with the tag team as a, as, as a whole. That'd be nice. But uh, yeah, I, I think if any teacher that I've ever met, anybody who who's a trainer or any old school guy, like when when they always talk about the art of a baby face, they always go to this guy, and yeah, he really should be higher up on the list. But I think you and I are kind of going for our fandom as opposed to, you know, the blueprints of the art. Uh, but yeah, Ricky Morton for all intents and purposes would be way higher on this list. But uh, you know, he's sitting so he's sitting pretty at number eight for me. But now it sounds like the Rock and Roll Express is making this list. Oh, for sure, yep. absolutely. We're in agreement already now, number eight, and I feel like this is going to be one that's going to be repeated and uh, could easily be higher on the list. Um, but, like, you know, I wanted to get the tag team out of the way, and now, like, the all-time underdog babyface in the history of the business, uh, you know, high-flyer superhero character, I'm going with Rey Mysterio for my number eight. We will definitely talk about him again. Um that is a that is a wonderful pick because I think Rey Mysterio is like one of the all time baby faces just because of how long he's done it and just his background and his 
you know wrestling style like you know how many how many luchadors hit the mainstream yeah and and when i was putting my list together one of the top like the top uh qualities i was looking for was that they you know those guys that just like couldn't be a heel like i didn't i don't have guys like I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but there are certain guys that kind of were were heels that just got over and were made baby faces. I don't have too many of those guys on this list, uh, if any. I, I've got all kind of white meat classic baby faces on my list today, and Rey Mysterio is, you know, top of the pack for guys that just can't be a heel. He's it's just not going to work with him being a heel. No, not at all. And we'll and we'll talk about him again shortly, but uh my number 7, my number 7, I know he's higher on your list, but I'm going to put him right here just because uh a lot of my a lot of what's left just hit home for me. But it cannot be understated that this guy is probably the best he'll ever be whatever side he plays. He can make you care, he can make you hate him, and even today he can turn a crowd no matter what he did in the past. But Daniel Bryan, and I'm using Daniel Bryan just because that is like the peak baby-facedness of, of Bryan Danielson's career. Like the story going into WrestleMania 30 is such a baby face story, and he was Daniel Bryan at the time, and I can't help but call him Daniel Bryan when referring to his top-tier babyface moments. So that is my number seven. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him, but I'm using Daniel Bryan for this list. Which is fair because to me, Brian Danielson is a heel. He's yes. so, he's such a heel. Yes. He's so good as a heel. And uh, while I all agree that the the problem with with Brian in whatever iteration he is is not only is he the best babyface in the business, he's also the best heel in the business right now. Uh, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He is the best professional wrestler on the planet today. Uh, that's been completely solidified in my mind in AEW because, um, well, you, my friend, were actually live in the arena for this gigantic anarchy clusterfuck <laughs> that we got that was impossible to watch on TV and enjoy. Um, how was it in the arena? It was so much fun. Like, like... <sighs> And I, I know I sent you the video or I posted it on Instagram, uh, which is the most viewed thing I've got on Instagram. Uh, I was in the section that Brian walked down on, and I was literally right there amongst the god himself, uh, just looking awesome, wearing white, so I knew you know he's going to bleed. Uh, yeah, you know that a lot of people are bleeding in this match since everyone's wearing white. Yeah, it was it was just a party, and I... And, Again, I don't know how it translated on TV. Oh, you just said it. It was it was awful looking. Yeah, it but, it was awful on TV. It was it was unwatchable. But you know, it just felt like a concert, and like all the performers were moshing with the audience. Like the security had no idea what they were doing. Fans were getting bumped into uh, the uh, the continuing wild thing during the during the match for so long was great. So Jericho can smash the. The, uh, the machine, that was great. Um, Kingston coming down with the gasoline, everyone was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, yeah I had an absolute blast. I, I definitely think it's one of those, you had to be there. You really had to be there. <laughs> well, the reason I brought it up, just talking about Brian, is that uh, is, is, is just hard to follow as that match was on TV because 
Like, clearly, they didn't even know what they were supposed to be shooting. Like, that's basically the way it came off on TV, is they were just doing their best to try to figure out when something was going to happen and go to it, because it obviously wasn't very planned out, which honestly added to the anarchy of the situation altogether. But the last several minutes that were in the ring, when it was just Brian in there, his baby face, like, when he fired up on Jericho and the... Like, it was absolutely incredible, and it kind of saved the match. And then when Eddie did come down with the can of gasoline, uh, and Brian was like, bro, you're not going to murder someone in the ring. What are you doing? And then they fought. Like, it was the most babyface thing ever. And just six weeks ago, Brian Danielson was the best heel in the business, and now here he is being the best babyface and saving this just absolute atrocity that was happening live on television and still made it palatable by the end was just uh, it was magic to watch he's incredible yeah fantastical so he didn't make my list because i see him as a heel wow. not so much a baby face but i think he's gonna make the final list when this it's all one said of the best done. baby face <laughs> stories ever i'm, I'm shocked brian danielson Co- and correct. johnny not on this list for you that's crazy Yes, but like as I said, when I think of uh, when I was making this list, I go like, when I think of this person, do I think of them as a baby face or do I think of them as a heel? And just like the way my brain works, like Brian Danielson is is a heel, and mm-hmm. he's so, like as good a baby face he is, he's that much better as a heel, and, and and he's so good as a heel that nobody cares that he's five five. Or five six, you know, <laughs> and one hundred and seventy pounds. Like he's so believable that he's just a badass heel, even though he, his stature doesn't back that up. So I'm not mad at it, but that's my reasoning. Uh, but my number seven, probably it. How especially in today where it's really magnified. You know how hard it is to be a top, the tippy-top babyface for 15 years in a row? Uh, so I'm going here, my number seven, Bruno San Martino. Um, it is impossible to just be a white meat babyface nonstop for an eight-year title run. So to be able to do that and still be selling out and just, like, the attendance is still growing as you're getting to the end of that time is just mind boggling. So it, it, to me, there's no doubt Bruno San Martino belongs on this list. And so he snuck on here for me. Plus one of my favorite matches of all time, Bruno San Martino versus Stan Hansen in the cage at Shea stadium. I would go out of my way to watch it guys. This is, that is as intense a wrestling match as you'll ever see. And they don't do a whole lot more than punches and kicks. There's not a lot, not a lot of suplexes and wrestling holds because this was a blow off to a blood feud. It's an incredible match to watch. Yeah, and he was like one of those guys, like in wrestling, that like, uh, like had those like, he was like giant, but had that chiseled like actor face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, uh, and 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 there's something to be said that you know for someone to have such a big reach. Like way back in the day, like before there was like super mainstream media, like he would, like how would you get noticed overseas in that time? Like just word of mouth, word of mouth, really, or like the radio or some shit. So, uh, yeah, 
Uh, shockingly, Bruno's not on my list because we don't talk about Bruno. I had to get it in there. Uh, <laughs> well, because he wrestled before 1988, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I Love Lucy was a good show, but who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> well, we've just pivoted to the Fuck Richard the Cool portion of the show. Uh, my number six is uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, he's one of those guys to me that, like, you know, like you think about Rey Mysterio, but there's just no way he could be a heel. He just has that, he just has that face. He just has that charisma about him. He has that the cheesiest babyface promos ever, uh, where they're not incoherent like Ultimate Warrior, but they're just so, so Saturday morning cartoon inspirational, and it's my favorite thing ever. Uh, so yeah, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, right in the middle of the top babyfaces for me. Could be a top three for some people. Well, we will find out if he's a top three for some people in a little bit. Foreshadowing. Uh, so, <laughs> so my number six, I may be catching you by surprise here, Ronald. Oh. Um, but my number six is John Cena. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. I got Ultimate Warrior and John Cena on a top 10 list, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just, when John Cena debuted in the WWF, I think it was still F when, like, he might be, like, the last F. And then right after that was very close. It's right around the time when we got the F out, but that was ushering in the Ruthless Aggression era. He literally spoke the words Ruthless Aggression into existence. And that started off a whole era. And uh, I was with everyone else. I hated this guy. I thought he was the shits. And he, I was very, <laughs> but he, for the last 10 years now, at least 10 years, if not longer, uh, has just been delivering match after match after match. And he is fantastic. Uh, and and he, in the. He, He's been able to be a top babyface in the era when people don't want babyfaces. Like, they just don't want to accept them. And, yeah, the, some of the assholes have booed him, but he's dealt with it swimmingly and just delivered hit after hit after hit. I, I love me some John Cena, and he keeps climbing on my list year by year as things as time goes on. And I did not think... 15 years ago, I would ever be sitting here talking about how good John Cena is or has been. But uh, here we are. Number six on my list, John Cena. Yeah, I've, I've said for a while that I think the wrestling community takes John Cena for granted. And, you know, he's not just a great baby face in the ring. He's a great baby face, like, in life. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I was just telling somebody last night, I was like, out of the entire NFL, all the players combined, he's got the most make-a-wishes. Yes. He's a he's a real life superhero and uh I'm ashamed that he's not on my list. Uh, I'm glad he's on yours and he I, I he might be a shoe in for the final list if uh if I had my druthers. But uh right we're approaching the middle of my list now, number 5. And uh my goodness, uh you can say that uh he's a fantastical babyface even after his transformation, but I'm kind of leaning towards before the transformation. Uh I think this was the reason I watched WCW for so long until it got badass, but Sting, Sting is one of the most like he was like how do I how how do you explain it? 
he was every like cartoon superhero thing for me like because ultimate warrior was was kind of after i got into was before i really got into it ultimate warrior was something i had to go and review and watch but like sting was like already there when i got into wrestling and i was just like this guy is so much fun and he just had that you want to talk about fire sting had fire when he was surfer sting uh his strap match with vader was the shit uh, and when he became the crow staying like even dark, he was like the biggest baby face taken on the whole NWO by himself and just the massive pop he would get like finally coming to WWE. I just think, and just his cameos today in AEW, like he just gets such a monstrous pop. He's so beloved and yeah, well deserving to be right in the center of this list for me. And I agree. Cause my number five is Steve. Steve. Yes. So yeah, everything you said absolutely is one of the few reasons I like I watched WCW for Sting, Two Cold Scorpio and then all the heels like like the uh, you know Stunning Steve and Regal but like Sting was the baby face at that time that I really loved and uh you know he, yeah that strap match with Vader is something else you guys should definitely you know there's those are just two matches on your homework for this week. Uh, but yeah, that Sting Invader strap match is great. But Sting was great against Flair. Uh, the I wish that things had worked out a little better. And I think if they just would have rolled with Sting and beat Hogan clean, it would have launched WCW for success for another couple years, and it might not have petered out quite as fast as it did because uh, it flamed out very quickly after the. Uh, the convoluted finish when Sting did not beat Hogan for the title. So, yeah, Sting number five. I love it. I agree. Tremendous. And, you know, I never really thought of this every time we do our top tens, but if we if we do a top ten, does that mean that each of our top fours is what we consider the Mount Rushmore of whatever subject we're talking about? I mean, kind of. I guess. I mean, it would have to be, right? Yeah, I, I mean, that that... That logically speaking, there's four on a Mount Rushmore. So, well, then I'm I'm just I'm flabbergasted that I think that I think this highly of this number four then uh, because <laughs> because we did talk about him earlier, but you know, and I did kind of cut myself off because I want to put this in context. But Rey Mysterio, uh, for me, just does not get. I mean, I think he does amongst his peers, but I think the fans really need to take a step back. If you think you're smart about the business, watch Rey Mysterio. It's not just the high flying. Uh, the baby face, the art of a baby face is making you care, like I've said at nauseum so far in this show. But, you know, it's all about facial expressions and body language. And if you're wearing a mask, half of that is restricted. So he is still able to get that through to you and make you feel while in a mask, while wrestling a style that normally doesn't get over to the degree that he got himself over in the States. So I think just all of that. And not to mention winning the World Heavyweight title twice in Vince McMahon's world. Uh, I just think, uh, I think the world of Rey Mysterio, and it, it, took, it took writing this list to really open my eyes to it. Uh, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I you know, uh, obviously when there's only 10 slots, you know, you get in there and, and, and when it comes down to where you rank them, it's just kind of personal preference, but 
I've got like Ray could go anywhere on this list for me and I'd be okay with it and I'd accept it. Like if you honestly told me that Ray was your number one like favorite baby face of all time, I would totally accept that as an answer and not be mad at it. He's great. Um, there was that one weird period of time where the fans started booing Rey Mysterio for like no reason. Be- <laughs> Go ahead. Because of how good of a baby face Daniel Bryan is. <laughs> you that that's that that'll be my final argument for Daniel Bryan to be on this list. Yes. Daniel Bryan was so good at being a babyface and had the crowd behind him so much that even the crowd booed Rey Mysterio. Wow. Well, I, I, it was a little bit, I, I, cause I even started hearing people like, why, why? Like, cause, uh, like our, our good friend Jeremy, uh, was one of those people that kind of turned on Rey Mysterio, like, oh, he just does the same six moves every match. I'm like, yeah, but it's a springboard hurricane Rada, like a, the tiger faint kick. Like it's ridiculous the six moves that he does do that are his, you know, his signature moves. But like all you have to do is go back, you know, just before WWE and Rey Mysterio is just insane to watch. And I think like he's been in WWE for 15 years now, right at this point. Oh, or no, more? 20. His debut was 2002. Yeah, so 20 years, Rey Mysterio's been in WWE, and he had, you know, 10 years before that where he was a top guy. So, wow. Like, well, you don't get to be there wrestling top matches if you're not the best. Like, you just, it just, you just, it just doesn't happen. So, Kane's biggest fan is complaining about someone using six moves? <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. Moving on. Uh, so my number four, kind of the opposite of Rey Mysterio. Um, this is like just, I mean, it's Hulk Hogan. Okay. Like it, Hulk Hogan is my number four baby face, which probably seems low to a lot of people. But uh, this is where we get into my personal fandom and, uh, you know, fuck accuracy and and you know who drew money uh it's who who affected me at this point um so yeah hulk hogan is you know the the greatest baby face of all time arguably um but for me this is this number four is right because this is the only guy on my list that really had a top heel run like was a tippy top heel like i don't think hogan gets enough credit for how much the NWO drove the Attitude Era and like wrestling becoming so popular in the the, the mid '90s. So, um, but this is j- after he spent a whole decade being the biggest celebrity, and he was like that first American wrestler that like broke through into pop culture and was in movies and TV shows. So, uh, yeah, number four. Hulk Hogan. I love it. And we'll talk about him again. And I'm afraid that I think maybe our three and one are flipped. Uh, because could my, be. Could be. Could, could very well be. But not, my number three uh, is a very uh, pivotal part of this show. Uh, one of our favorites. Well, our tippy top favorite, if you want to go back to the scoreboard. But Brett the Hitman Heart is my number three. Um, you know... <sighs> Just because he was like the good guy when I first started watching, uh, 
he had just the like Ricky Steamboat, not as cheesy, a little more real, but he just had that after school special promo. Like he's known for not having good promos, but I disagree wholeheartedly. I think he says the right thing for the role he's playing and delivers it well. And, you know, maybe maybe I have the luxury of looking back with rose-colored glasses because I, I was a child, but his words got me. I wasn't looking for acting ability then. I just was just in awe of the guy. And his material worked. His story worked. And just everything about him screamed babyface despite opinions of his peers because who gives a shit about theirs? It's all about how, <laughs> it's all about how the, the the artist made you feel and yeah, Bret Hart is easily a top three for me. Should be a top one, but I think the next two on my list are undeniable. Correct. Uh, my top three for me are undeniable. Uh, I'm not quite ready to talk about Bret Hart yet, so we can finish the Ricky Steamboat conversation because my number three baby face is ricky the dragon steamboat yes um i you know i (laughs) it's funny because i really didn't think about his promos as being cheesy until you kind of said something and i don't i don't necessarily think they're cheesy so much as just they're they are a little bit over the top with his speaking cadence and the way he says it it's definitely not natural it's not a natural way of speaking. Um, and so when someone shines a light on it, you see it, then you can't unsee it. And so now it's like a little bit like, you know, you're kind of right. He was, you know, a, a cartoony baby face promo wise. But in the ring, I think, there, you know, Sticky Ricky Steamboat in the ring is one of the greatest performers of all time and one of the just elite level baby faces. And he is probably the number one most mentioned person right there with Ricky Morton when people say, hey, go study this guy if you want to learn how to be a babyface. And that is a great trait to have, to be the person you study. Yes. Well, uh, by process of elimination, if if your number one is who I think it is, do we have the same number two, baby? No. No. But we have. <laughs> but I'm on the right track. Okay. 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 I see what you, I see what you're doing, baby. My number two, baby, is Dusty Rhodes because I think uh, Dusty Rhodes, much like Rey Mysterio, much like Ricky Steamboat, uh, just can't be a heel. So much so that they tried it and it just didn't work. I I don't want to boo Dusty Rhodes ever. Uh, he's and. Uh, he he's another one of those guys that you have to that for me just my age and my when my fandom started I had to go back and watch and you know I I've seen I've seen a few matches but mostly his promos are just you know a thing of beauty he's like he's like back then if I had to if I, he's like the baby face uh, Eddie Kingston like just pure <laughs> just the realist like just doesn't look like he should be a wrestler but he is and you buy it and he just gets it through so well. Uh, I, I love the promo that he had with Dustin and WCW, you know, uh, talking about uh, making him his tag team partner and they hug and embrace. It's one of the sweetest things ever. Uh, and just the legacy that he left with his children and what they're doing with theirs. Um, yeah, got a lot of love for Dusty Rhodes. Definitely. I, if I if I now I know where he's going to be on your list. So pretty damn, pretty damn accurate. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad that he's making the final list because I thought this was going to be your ultimate ultimate dragon when you first said no. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Uh, so my number two, since we through process of elimination, is one Brett the Hitman Hart. Wow. Um, I there's when it came down to the final decision as to who was number one and who was number two, it really just came down to the promo ability and being able to talk to people in the seats. But I agree with you that I think Brett is a much stronger promo than he ever gets credit for. Um, all you have to do is watch his 97 promos when he finally turned heel to realize that Brett can cut a great promo, let alone a good one. Oh, I didn't um, even get into that part, like his heel yeah. stuff. But I'm just like, you know, watch his promo where he first takes the title off Ric Flair. Like, that, yes. is, that is something children should watch. Well, and but plus, that is literally right when I started watching wrestling on a weekly basis. Brett just won the title. And he was doing the gimmick that sucked me in and got me like Brett was my guy because he was the fighting champion. He went out there every single television show and defended the title against everybody. He wrestled the Berserker and Virgil and Skinner and a bunch of other guys. But those are the three that I'll just never forget that Virgil is getting a world title shot because Brett was going to wrestle everybody, and since he didn't have the big giant build-up to winning the title, it was kind of a surprise, like, well, hey, we got to do something with Flair. You know, it's not working out. He's kind of hurt. He's gonna got one foot out the door, so we got to put the belt on somebody, and rumor has it it came down to Tito Santana or Bret Hart, and uh, they went Bret Hart, and they made a new star, but they had to do it after he won the titles when they had to make him, which is why he wasn't really an over big time champion until his second run because his, his build continued after Yoko took the belt off him, but just go watch King of the ring. 93, go watch just any match with Brett. Jesus Christ. What like, it's all great, but uh, yeah, you want to talk about storytelling and just the consummate in ring baby face. But also I, I rewatched uh Royal rumble 93 recently, right? And so Brett, yeah. So Brett's just like the all-time ultimate babyface. But in the build-up to that match, Razor attacked his brother Owen Hart, and so Brett came right out swinging for the fences with punches and kicks and everything. So much so that Razor was able to get the advantage at some point in the match because Brett was so furious and trying to get revenge that it, he ended up making mistakes, which the Hitman never did. And so it was just one of those brilliant bits of storytelling where not only he's a baby face and he's this real technical guy, but if you piss him off, he's going to fire up like a Hogan or a Sting or a Dusty Rhodes or any of those big-time baby faces that fire up. And, and he could do that as well as anybody. And he could brawl and he could fight and still tell the story like, I know we jerk off Bret Hart constantly on this show, but God damn it, <laughs> we're right. <laughs> we are right. Just go watch. Just go watch AEW where you have guys literally spamming spots from from his matches, and we're not complaining. Right. Nope, not at all. So number two for me, Bret Hart. That is interesting and awesome. That you so that you not... that you placed him there. Yeah. Oh man, I mean. I, it's funny because I want to continue the conversation, but I'm just like, no, go back in the archives. You know how I feel about Bret Hart. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we we could just drone on for 45 minutes every episode about how great Matt Hardy is and just talk about one or two specific matches each show and just like yeah yeah we're just gonna do we're gonna do Bret Hart watch along month soon ladies and gentlemen watch <laughs> watch it's gonna happen but uh my number one uh process of elimination you know I'm sure but uh my number one is Hulk Hogan and much like much like my reasoning for Roddy Piper being the top heel, you know, this all this mainstream, you know, craziness had to start somewhere. And what is the greatest heel of all time without the baby face? He made the best baby face of all time. And then from there, he just was the leading man of the, the sport, the, you know, of wrestling. Just this this was the guy that catapulted it into the mainstream. And you can say what you want about Austin doing his thing afterwards. But without this boom, without this hero, where would we be? Oh, for sure. Like, the, <clears throat> I I understand that, you know, at later points in his life, Hulk and, Hulkster, Hulkster has become a bit of a um, divisive topic of conversation but yeah but like we gotta when it comes down to it like looking at his place in wrestling history like this thing does not exist as we know it today without hogan and now there are some guys in the middle well but even still okay so like the popularization of wwe in the national stage is like 98 percent due to hulk hogan Right, like, let's just be honest, because for the first eight years of WrestleMania, it was Hogan against whoever. Like, that's just basically the whole thing. It is the whole show is built around Hulk Hogan getting guys ready for Hogan, making new monsters, and then when he did go, you know, the during the short periods when he went away to make a movie or whatever, like, okay, we'll give Savage the title because he's the you know the greatest wrestler we have. But even then, we're just going to turn Randy heel so that when Hogan's ready, like, <laughs> so, like, there, it, R- WrestleMania would not exist anymore if it wasn't for Hogan. Like, I don't think anyone else could have taken that spot and turned it into what it has become. And as we mentioned a little bit ago, once Hogan turned heel in WCW, I, I I believe that for me personally, I think that is the most important moment in the Attitude Era, so to speak. I know the Attitude Era is a WWF thing, but without the Hogan turn and the NWO, I don't think even WWF blows up to the popularity that it did in the 90s. So, like, basically, the, the, the first 25 years of wrestling in the mainstream is due... To Hulk Hogan and the success is like 90% on him and then Austin and Rock took it later and ran with the ball yeah you ever have to go to commercial because the audience won't stop cheering and let you talk <laughs> like that's that, that was a thing they went to that Hogan comes out in 2002 and he wants to wants to cut a promo but the audience just will not let him speak uh because they're just Going ape shit so much so that they had to go to commercial and come back, and they still were going. It's nuts, but yeah, Hulk Hogan and the whole thing with the, you know, his polarizingness. I guess if you want to call it, 
you just got to separate the art from the man. Like, however he is in real life, whatever. I'm talking about the art of professional wrestling and his contributions to it. And his heel turn was so big and did so much for the business. And it wouldn't have done so without how good of a babyface he was. I just noticed your shirt, by the way. And it's fucking awesome. Oh, thanks. That you have a, a, a Blackpool Combat Club shirt. And, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. I had a good All I got that. a goodie I got a goodie bag when I went to Double or Nothing. <laughs> okay, so yes. So my number one, surprise to no one, because we've already, you know, spoiled it. My number one babyface of all the times uh is the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. And uh for me, I just there is no better babyface promo that's ever existed on a consistent basis than Dusty Rhodes. Like Hogan's promos were fun, especially in the early Hulkamania runs. They got a little little cartoony as the 80s went on and into the 90s, and it got old. Dusty never got old because he was so genuine and so real, and he was he wasn't you know regurgitating lines or or just throwing out catchphrases there. And it's like Dusty Rhodes, and then like he had the fire and the charisma in the ring. And uh, yeah, you're right. Dusty is that guy that looks like nobody, no one would look at him and say he's the world champ. If if you didn't know who any of these people were and they were just standing there, didn't say a word, no one would pick Dusty Rhodes as the top guy uh, just on sight. But once you hear him speak, once you see him selling, nobody can suck people in better than than dusty roads for my money and uh it was as much as we love bret hart when i had had to be real and honest to myself in the moment for me the top baby face ever is the american dream dusty roads absolutely right i uh he's definitely and not to mention his body type the wind he had i never really saw him blow up you know, no. and, and the fact that he can get polka dots over, Correct. you know, I mean, that just, that just says something. You When you're so universally loved, like Dusty Rhodes is, you know, it's he's a shoe in for, for a top three spot. And I'm so glad that he's number one, so much so that I'll just kind of give that to you. I'm, I'm down for Dusty Rhodes being number one <laughs> on the final list. Uh, I'm very much so. And uh, do you know what they call a wristwatch on a dick? No, Ronald. Hard times, babies. <laughs> God damn it, we need that blue chew sponsor. Yeah. Our our good friend, our good friend uh Gregory the Iron uh recently picked up a Bluetooth sponsor. So oh. uh, it is a possibility. It is something that's out there that exists in the world that that uh maybe eventually someday uh we could get there. We just need our fans to start sharing and spreading the word a little bit. Uh, I know you guys enjoy it because the downloads are coming quicker and quicker. So, uh, and you'll come quicker and quicker it. with Blue Chew, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> God, see, we have those transitions ready, Blue Chew. If you're out there listening, give us a call. Oh, so now we have a little bit of business to do because we need to come up with the official creative team top 10 list. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seven that we agree with you agreed that john cena should make the list and i agreed that brian danielson should make the list while we were presenting 
So if you're okay with that, we have nine, and we only have to fill one slot this time. Well, um, who's on the board? Well, for me, just a few honorable mentions. I'm actually kind of surprised. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I thought for sure I didn't need to put The Rock on my list because he would definitely be making your list, but uh, uh, color me surprised right now. The Rock, not on the list. Well, um, let's get into the honorable mentions. Yeah, I, I before yeah. we solidify this. Yeah, The Rock didn't make my list because I think just just like Stone Cold, he is a heel, but we cheer yes. for him. Uh, Shawn Michaels kind of fell into that Brian Danielson category for me, like like you, where I much more enjoy him as a heel uh, than a babyface. So he that that's where he kind of stood was the honorable mentions list, um, and that's really all I had. I. Uh, I just had those as my honorable mentions. Everyone else was a shoe in Well, then uh, one that I don't know when the heck we'll ever talk about him again on the show. And I don't know that you've seen a whole hell of a lot of his work. But uh, I would really like to just point out Junkyard Dog as oh, yes. one of the all-time elite baby faces. He's incredible. Even in his WWF run when he was out of shape and maybe hitting the extracurricular activities a bit hard at that moment. I still remember, you know, his stuff with Harley race and his feud and how just over he see he was. And he felt like a, a rock star to me, even as a kid, like JYD just felt special and felt like a rock star and he was great. And, uh, so I, I'd like to just, you know, mention him today. Another one who we, we often maybe joke about, uh, from, uh, you know, j- just as being a guy that's there in the middle of the card and everyone likes him, but like nothing about him screams main eventer or top guy. But the consummate number two for y- all those years when Hogan was on top was Tito Santana. He was that guy that you would put the the heels would go up against Tito Santana before they got to Hogan. And that was kind of the proving ground, and that would prove to the fans, okay, this guy's ready to be in that top top tier because he beat Tito Santana, a t- former world tag team champion, former intercontinental champion. And it just, he's one of those guys you just can't see. Can you see Tito Santana being a heel? No, not at all. <laughs> so, and go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I don't know if you're continuing a list, but uh, I can't believe that we didn't really touch on the fact. And I think everyone kind of considers this person a heel just because of where it ended up. But uh, nobody, not not a lot of people I know anyway, have gone back and really studied the history of Andre the Giant, uh, where yes. that entire 15-year run of him being undefeated and being a special attraction he was a big, lovable, giant babyface that just kicked everyone's ass. And it wasn't until he ripped the chain off of Hogan where he became a heel. Uh, yes. So I, I think that should be stated. Uh, he's the big, jolly, lovable giant. And and no one knew him as that, you know, especially people my age, until they saw WrestleMania three, and all they know is the big monster heel. Yeah. And, and of course, the Princess Bride. Like, that's like the real Andre. You know, is, is, is the character he plays on Princess Bride that everyone loves and still imitates to this day. And uh, literally a larger-than-life personality and uh, human being. So uh, just two more I want to mention because a lot, a lot of times we don't really get into Japanese and Mexican wrestling here 
in the world. But we got to mention Antonio Inoki because he is the Hulk Hogan of Japanese wrestling and uh, one of the most successful promoters and top guys of all time, a period in anywhere in the world. Um, but also, I would just like to make mention because this guy made they made 52 movies featuring this man. He is the rock today of Mexican wrestling, El Santo. Uh, I, you know, Lucha Libre would not be what it is today at all without El Santo. And like literally and, and he it was like he was cast in 52 movies as El Santo and he was fighting all kinds of monsters and doing all this stuff. He's like such a pop culture icon in Mexico that, that he is like The Rock is to us today in America. And that happened many, many years before any wrestler ever broke into the mainstream in America. So well worth an honorable mention on this list. So we need one. We need to fill one slot. So, I have Bruno San Martino and The Ultimate Warrior are my remaining few from my list. And I have, well, I have one. And you have Johnny Gargano because yeah, Jeff Hardy's Jeff not Hardy. going on a list ever. <laughs> <laughs> we, can call but, we can call Johnny right now and be like, hey, who would, you rather, who, who would you rather be put in this list? Would it rather be Jeff Hardy or yourself? <laughs> oh I'll just, yeah I'll call it right now say, all right better baby face all time bruno san martino ultimate warrior or johnny gargano it's the last spot on our top 10 list bro <laughs> oh i mean as always it's our show we can do what we want we can always just put my brother-in-law on this list because you know, well i mean i mean i'm the one that put him on my own list you didn't have him on your list uh, so if you're going to do your Cole gimmick, you might as well just say, I'm taking that guy from your list over Jeff Hardy and putting him on the final list. Well, I mean, Jeff Hardy's not making the list no matter what. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm ta you're and, taking and Johnny. Each, yeah. Yeah. And, and you agreed on Cena on my list. And I definitely agree on Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, as it were, from your list. So um, unless we want to go with an honorable mention, I think I'm okay with accepting Johnny Gargano as our number 10. Uh, look with a, with a little bit of a we know there's future to happen and we think he'll get there yes absolutely unless he's telling the truth about the whole 40 thing uh <laughs> which uh he has said on uh publicly all right i'm ready to go ronald with the official creative team top 10 list so oh, yes counting it down in a gif we're gonna start with number 10 my brother-in-law johnny gargano number nine John Cena! Eight. Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson. Seven. The Rock and Roll Express. Six. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Five. It is Sting! Four. Ray Mysterio. Three. Brett the Hitman Heart. Two. Hulk Hogan. And number one. Number one is the American Dream. Dusty Rhodes, baby. American oh, Dream. 
He just a common man. Yes, I love it. I love the cowbell. Oh, God. It's Such good. a fun. Like, and that's it. Like, that was my first reference of Dusty Rhodes was Polka Dots and WWF. And later on in life, I went back and watched. And it was over as shit to me. Yeah. I, like, I, I, this, this idea that it was a rib all these years is just the funniest thing to me ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so silly. Cause I was, cause I, even going back and watching it, cause this was, it was, you know, after it was before my fandom. But even when I went back and watched it, I was all about it because I was a child. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Ronald, um, have we decided what's coming up next yet? No. <laughs> Sweet. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just to let everyone in on the secret, Ron and I are are incredibly busy for the month, uh, the end of May and most of June and the early part of July. So we are doing the best we can to get make sure all the episodes end up uh, and we don't have to do a clip show or a replay. Um, but yeah, so since our schedules are so hectic, we really haven't sat down and ironed out what's coming up. So you guys are going to find out when we do, and it's going to be a lot of excitement and fun, and we promise that the quality will not drop off. I mean, I literally have been singing for 16 hours this weekend, and uh, I'm here, uh, and I did not mail this episode in today. I'm giving everything I got, and I love this top 10. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, no, regardless, next week, ladies and gentlemen, there will be new material. We're just going to get it in, and we don't know what it is today. Yeah, we're flying by the seat of our pants, just like the WWE. <laughs> yes, we'll be de- we'll be debating what's going to happen up until we hit record, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Cole's going to bring me an entire lineup, and I'm going to rip it up one hour before we record. And we're, <laughs> and we're going to pluck out Rey Mysterio's eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, for Ron Kilborn. I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for your life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.